Go uh, to the papers now. Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin's dueling speeches a few days before the first anniversary of the war in Ukraine. They're garnering a lot of attention in the press today. And Dipti is here to take us through it. Dipti. Well, Stuart, they are, for the most part, dominating the front pages uh, in uh, across the world here on, on the front page of the Washington Post. They're focusing on Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin's dueling speeches with a very symbolic picture of a, of a very statesmanlike uh, Joe Biden there on the front page. Now, the tabloid, the British tabloid, the Daily Mail, has juxtaposed the two leaders on its front page, but they go with a quote from Joe Biden uh, and his speech, uh, in particular, his empathy. Em his empath, uh, his warning rather, that your uh, lust for land and power will fail. That's what he said in his speech on Tuesday. A similar focus from the Independent, the British Daily, uh, which uh, says that Joe Biden taunts Putin, quoting him as well, uh, saying uh, in which he said, you thought we'd roll over, you were wrong, Russia will never win. So certainly a lot of focus on the war of words between the two leaders in the front pages today, Stuart. You found as well, haven't you, Dipti, lots of references to the Cold War as well in the press, particularly after that decision by Vladimir Putin to officially suspend its participation in the treaty with the US to reduce nuclear armament. That's right. A lot of uh, Cold War rhetoric in the paper today, in particular Le Figaro, the French paper, uh, which uh, addresses this shock of the two worlds, these uh, rivaling speeches uh, that took place uh, on the same day yesterday. Le Figaro, uh, in its editorial, really analyzes the language used by both leaders, saying on one hand, if you listen to Vladimir Putin, then uh, you'd believe Russia is an honest country forced to end a war that was started by the hypocritical West. But if you listen to Joe Biden, well, it was all about uh, freedom and sovereignty and democracy. Le Figaro says what we know for sure is that this new Cold War will drag on for uh, decades, possibly generations to come. Uh, but where the Iron Curtain will fall, well, that remains to be seen. So you see that use of the rhetoric uh, of the Cold War rhetoric at the Times of London, also uh, evoking the Cold War on its front page here, uh, saying that Putin has signaled a return uh, to Cold War nuclear, Cold War era nuclear tests. And that nuclear uh, theme is also re reflected in the Illustrated Press Today. This is from a Slovakian cartoonist called Marian Kaminsky, who sees Putin hanging off a cliff that uh, is the war in Ukraine. He's holding on desperately to his one last bargaining chip, that nuclear button there, Stuart. Depressing stuff. Let's move on to Nigeria now. Um, Nigerians are set to vote this Saturday. Very tightly, though, contested presidential elections. Well, the final campaigning races by, the, by most of the candidates had, uh, took place yesterday before that vote on Saturday. By sheer number, Nigeria's presidential elections are the largest democratic elections on the African continent. There's a lot riding on this. And as you said, this year, uh, this election in particular is hotly con contested. The president, Mohamedou Buhari, will not be standing for re-election because of term limitations. So there will be a new president in Nigeria come uh, Saturday. Quartz, the website Quartz is a really good article if you're sort of looking for an overview of who the candidates are and what they stand for. Definitely worth looking at. In the Nigerian paper uh, papers, uh, this is from The Punch, which is a Lagos-based paper. Well, they uh, talk about how important integrity is to this election. This columnist saying the credibility of the election uh, lies not on the candidates this weekend, but on the one point four million poll workers who will be manning the voting booths and who will be counting the votes. Uh, he says uh, without integrity and honesty, things could go terribly wrong in Nigeria this weekend.
Let's bring you um, some good news. Some good news from a country going through a lot. Haiti's women's football team has qualified for the World Cup next year. It's actually this year. Uh, I, my apologies. It is this year. It's this <laughs> July start, the Women's World Cup. And I should know this because it's taking place in Australia and New Zealand. I knew <laughs> that too. Sorry. So there you go. <laughs> um, Just the, read your script. <laughs> I, yeah, mea culpa. Sorry. Uh, the, the team known as Les Grenadiers uh, beat... Chile 2-1 uh, to book their spot in the Women's World Cup being held in New Zealand, Australia this year. A Haitian teenage midfielder, Melky Dumone, gave her side the lead after scoring just before halftime. Haiti is ranked 55th in the world, so this is a huge feat for their women's football side. Uh, they will, though, face off against European champions England in their opening match of the World Cup, so it's not going to be an easy task for them. Fingers crossed for them. So let's stay with uh, sports. It's decision day for the Welsh rugby team. They're threatening to boycott their Six Nations game this weekend over ongoing pay disputes. Well, this is in uh, Wales Online, Stuart. Uh, the well, this is a, a sort of a long-standing dispute. Welsh rugby authorities will be meeting with uh, the national coach Warren Gatland and his uh, side today to try and resolve the uh, contracts caps controversy that essentially prevents rugby players from playing domestic rugby overseas. In an extraordinary move, uh, one more akin to perhaps France than, uh, than the UK, the Welsh side is actually threatening to strike uh, and sit out its game against England, its Six Nations game against England uh, this weekend because Welsh rugby authorities have still not signed a, a six-year funding agreement, meaning that those whose contracts are up at the end of the season don't know if they'll have a job or not beyond that. So there's a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot riding on uh, today ahead of that match if it goes ahead this weekend. Really quickly, Dipsy, uh, a dream British m musical collaboration. Paul McCartney and possibly Ringo Starr could appear on the next Rolling Stones album. Yeah, that's right. The, the two groups, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, have a, a deca decades-long friendly rivalry. Paul McCartney famously or infamously referred to the Rolling Stones as a blues cover band two years ago, uh, but it seems that uh, they've put their differences aside. He, We're not sure if this is happening, but we, according to Variety magazine, Paul McCartney, possibly Ringo Starr, have collaborated with the Rolling Stones on a new album, uniting two of uh, Britain's biggest musical icons, uh, the two bands have collaborated before. The Beatles actually wrote I Want to Be Your Man, which became one of the Stones' early hits. Uh, once again, uh, it seems the two bands are leaving no stone unturned uh, in their quest for musical greatness. Story. I'd love to do some puns myself, but we run out of time. Dimpty, thank you so much. That's all. Uh, more news coming up in just a few seconds' time. Do stay with us.